the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The sunshine edition of The Ride Home. Boy, we need the sunshine more than ever, do we not? Are you kidding me? Hope that you're by, uh, hope you can go outside. Hope that you can walk around for a little bit and enjoy this. Do some social distancing, wandering through your neighborhood. Because, boy... I mean, the news is bad. It's so worth it. Yeah, yeah. The news is bad, and yet there's good news we're going to talk about on today's show. And we have a lot of laughs because you can't take in 24 hours of the coronavirus Mm -mm. all all day, every day. You just cannot do it. Uh -uh. So, John, I draw your attention to something different. Oh. You know my dislike of the New England Patriots. If you live in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and you don't despise them, Mm -hmm. you're not a true Pittsburgher. You know how much I dislike their coach. Well, yeah, I do. I, you know, he's won six Super Bowls, Calf. He has. It's irrefutable. I don't need you to talk about the numbers I'm just at saying. this point. Okay, oh, I'm just, it's definitely refutable. Well, thank you, you Mike. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Uh, anyway, let's go back to this story. <laughs> so the story let's have a good time here. And I'm reading from GQ today, and I'm actually going to read several portions of this because it's that good. Are you a regular reader of GQ <laughs> you yourself? You know, I'm not. <laughs> but today I landed on the site, Men's as you style do. magazine. As you do when you're looking around the uh, interwebs. Mm-hmm. New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick is as famous for his uniform as any coach can be. He's known for his unique combination of hoodies, sweatshirts. I mean, let me just fast forward and say the guy looks like crap all the time. He's going to work. Now, the man who's spent practically all his time in the spotlight wearing a ready-made work-from-home outfit Mm -hmm. on video today was dressed up. Nice. Dressed up according to GQ, like all the golf clubs weren't actually closed. Really? He was seated in front of a bookshelf containing the Bon Jovi biography. <laughs> bon Jovi little biography. parenthetical <laughs> statement to make you chuckle. <clears throat> Belichick wore a polo yep. and tight-fitting denim. Very nice. GQ says, well, we're as baffled as you are. Now, wait a second. He's sitting down. How do they know mm-hmm. what he's wearing down below? Well, Tight-fitting denim. Well, Keep apparently, well, he was walking around. I see. How about that? Tight-fitting denim on Bill. GQ goes on to say this. There are a couple possible explanations for this. The first is that Belichick has exposed an inescapable truth in our new topsy-turvy universe. Now that the rest of us who normally take pains to look presentable while doing our jobs are schlepping around in sweats, the Patriots coach is forced to flow... In the opposite direction. Nice. If everyone's reversing their wardrobe, then the man who looks like a slob at work all the time has a soul-deep need to look sharp while lazing around at home. Amen. Look, I I like the way he looks on the sidelines. I do. I I appreciate it. Because it looks like he's... He's about to go to work. He's involved in the machinations, so he's not a slave to his fashion. Yet, 
out of here. No, seriously. He looks like he invested negative five seconds in himself. I heard a rumor. There's a reason why he has ripped. Yeah. The yes. sleeves off. What's the yes. rumor? Well, apparently. Got um, stuck in a door. Apparently, that's against the rules to have ripped clothing <laughs> in the NFL <laughs> while during a game. So, you know. And so this was a. This was, you know, him being. I don't know, know how to say it right, on right. family program. Okay, so but on the flip side of that, remember who was the coach of the uh, Cowboys for Tom e- Landry, who wore the fedora and the trench coat. Yeah, and looked like, looked a, like million a million bucks. bucks. He did. I'm not saying every coach needs to do that, but Mike Tomlin looks about ten steps more presentable for right. any mm-hmm. game, any game than Bill Belichick does. But that this brings me. brings me. It does brings me to my question for today. Yeah. A lot of us are now entering into a whole new world of Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. So what we used to be, you know, maybe we just have an audio conference. Now we're having FaceTime. Yeah. We used to be in a conference room together. Now we're doing Zoom. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about what you're wearing for your conference calls? <laughs> no. No. I mean, I mean, it's mostly you and, you know, it's the people that I know and love. So there's no judgment there. Oh, there might be judgment there. What? I mean, I'm... What? I mean, there might be. I know. I mean, unless I'm not I've, saying there is, but I'm saying there's a potential for it. I mean, unless I've just woken up and my hair is askew, and you know, I'm wearing some stained T-shirt, which, by the way, I don't wear. But if I did, I would, you know, try to gussy up a little bit. Mike, what, wouldn't you care? Are you concerned? No, not at all. No. I mean, you're in the you're in the con- confines of your own home. You're fine. Are you? Are you uh, you're of con- course, I am. Of course, I'm concerned about it. I think it's a girl thing. I saw you yesterday uh, on a, a video conference with us. Yeah. And you were wearing a ripped uh, red T-shirt that said something like, yeah, it was like a beach thing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You looked fine. Thanks. Seriously. See, he noticed it was ripped, Mike. I'm going to go back to what Don Hall said. <laughs> what did Don Hall say? You know people are thinking about you? They're not. They're, they're too, not. They're not. They're too no, busy thinking I, about themselves. No, I will. You refute that. I completely refute that in this era. It, what you are wearing on your conference calls is saying a lot about you. Only if you're a woman. Yes. Only if you're a woman. Okay. Right? Yeah. If you're a woman. Okay. You guys are like, yeah, I don't really care. But, okay, so the Bill Belichick story, he what he wears on the side. See, it's hard because I dislike him so much. I need to, like, <laughs> pull back. Save that vitriol. Seriously. Okay, but it bothers me what he looks like on a Sunday for a game. Oh, it I, I It actually, like... Gnaws at me. Really, I'm pro Bill, Bill Bill Belichick looking like that. I really am. I'm pro because he okay. looks like he's a, a mechanic, a, a homeless person. No, no, he's going to work. No, can he I like... bite this? That okay. first off, that's a I'm waiting in to do that. any time in any era that is philistine behavior. Mm-hmm. But what today, especially because second, we're like but coronavirus, in, yeah, in the coronavirus era, I cannot. Did you just bite that? I bit it. I, yeah, I wouldn't have put that in my mouth. Why not? You don't know who touched the shell. Look, you know what? Just looking at you, I'm doing this. Uh-huh. I'm just, I'm. There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm applying uh, Purell with vigor. Are these not the best right now? Yes, they are. He, but uh, seriously, Mike, I, you bite into oranges too, like in a normal time. Sometimes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Never in my life, in my entire life, have I ever bitten into the outside of an orange. You take a knife, like a civilized person, and you make a little cut and you peel it with your fingers. The ten that God gave you—that's what they're for. That's so feet. Isn't I use it? a fingernail. Mm-hmm. I don't use my. I don't use a knife. I just go right in there, dig it right in there, and pop it open. But you bite it first. Yeah, you bite sometimes. It.
Coming up on today's program, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about good news, bad news when it All comes right. to the coronavirus mm-hmm. in the 5 o'clock hour, because there is some of each. But in this hour, we're looking forward to Bill Glaze coming up next. Our good friend, Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood, he's answering the question, how do you find peace? I wonder if he's dressed up. <laughs> I hope he is. I'm going to ask him. He finds peace where he finds peace, messy or not. 101.5 WORD gives you the chance to show an act of kindness that could pay off for you, too. Just a little more kindness. Enter the Kindness Challenge for the chance to win $5,000 for you and 5000 for a worthy organization. Just a lot more kindness, I think. Enter once each day through the end of April. Get bonus entries for completing individual acts of kindness, plus lots of other ways to increase your chances of winning. Be kind to others and to yourself. Be a little more kind to each other. Enter the Kindness Challenge now at wordfm.com slash kindness. Easter is a day to celebrate life with those you love. And Bistro to Go on the North Side is here to help you do just that. With simply delicious chef-prepared meals ready to take home to your family table Easter weekend. Enjoy brown sugar-baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey, beef pot roast, or lasagna with a tasty array of sides, salads, and sumptuous desserts. With cold pickups Saturday, April 11th, or hot pickups Easter Sunday. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. With all that is going on today regarding the coronavirus, City Mission needs you now more than ever. City Mission has taken precautions to protect its vulnerable resident population. You can help. Any donations you believe will help during this time are greatly appreciated to continue to serve both City Mission residents and our community and keep City Mission doors open. For all the details, please visit citymission.org and please join City Mission in prayer to get through these challenging times. Choosing your child's school is a big decision. You want more than a great education. You need an education partner with high academic standards who respects your values, offers a safe place to learn, and where your child is known individually. For 35 years, Eden Christian Academy has provided ACSI-accredited college preparatory academics and a strong spiritual foundation of character and faith for students in preschool through 12th grade, where they're prayed for, known, and valued for who they are. Learn more at EdenChristianAcademy.org. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Yes, joining us in his post-workout attire, uh, Okay. Pastor William Glaze mm-hmm. from Bethany Baptist right. Church. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? All right. Bill, yeah. I'm okay with that because you know what? You've just come from working out. Have I, you? I appreciate that. But I'm just saying that. But if he, if Bill, if you were, did you hear our previous conversation about Coach Belichick? Uh, yes, I did. Uh huh. If you were, my friend, and I think I know the answer because I feel confident in who you are. If you were coaching an NFL team, 
Would you look better or the same as Coach Belichick? I would say better. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, you would. Would you wear a suit and tie? No, I don't know if I wear a suit and tie, but I probably would. You know, wear some nice looking uh, coaching athletic gear. Oh uh-huh, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. you know they get that you know poured upon them. Wouldn't that be nice? Kind of like Coach Tomlin, who looks he fabulous looks, he looks every single week, and not like he can't find a job. Right, right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, he, he looks so good there on the sideline. But mm-hmm. you know what? Though Belichick, Belichick, he's got these sort of the outlaw thing going for him, which I appreciate. Spare right. me. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think was it Mike that said he looks like a homeless guy? Yes. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, you, you wouldn't know this guy is probably making uh, millions of dollars. No, you would not. No, no, because mm-hmm. he's going to work. He's like laying underneath a truck. I bet the car he's driving looks about a thousand times better than the shirt probably he's wearing. So, yeah, yeah. I guarantee you that. Uh, you know it. <laughs> hey, Bill. Uh, so we're in this weird place. Of course, you know that as well. And you're ministering to a flock of people at Bethany Baptist Church. Uh, you came here th- today to talk to us about peace. Right. You, you know, and, and you know, we just. Uh, in a time of uh, turmoil, you know, I, I don't know if you uh, remember that song by the Temptations. It was called "A Ball of Confusion." Oh yeah, yeah and, of course. Uh, you know, and and you know, there, there was a line in the song that says, uh, "Fear in the air, tension everywhere, unemployment rising fast." The Beatles' new record, "A Gas." So you know, I, I look at that, and you know, that song was written back in the seventies. But notice how they captured you know things that are happening today: fear in the air. Tension everywhere, unemployment rising fast. I mean, you know, how prophetic? I mean, I don't know if these guys were Christians or prophets or what. I mean, how prophetic is that? You know, in in light of this coronavirus. And so, you know, e- even back then, you know, there was this idea that you know there, there was a set uh, un- un- unsettledness or unrest that was taking place on the earth. And uh, and you know, when you look at today. You know, where is the peace at? And, and you know, and, and as I look at, okay, let's just look at, you know, three people. The top three people who are on our TVs every night, okay, one is, is, is Fauci. And, I, you know, I thank God for these guys because they have the expertise and they're guiding us through this with their knowledge and with their wisdom. So I thank God for that. But you don't get any peace for what, for what these guys are saying. No. First of all, you know, Fauci, he's saying that it's going to last until the summer, right? The Surgeon General... You know, he came out at first and said, don't wear a mask. Now he's saying wear a mask. You know, the president is is talking about the shortages of of personal protective equipment. So, you know, you turn on your TV, uh, you know, every day in the news, you know, you're not going to get any peace from from looking at the reports on the news. And so in in a world of confusion, in a world where we're going through a ball of confusion, you know, John and Kathy, where's the only place you're going to find peace? It's, it's, it's in the Word of God and in the presence of God. You know, that's that's the only place today that we're going to find true peace. Amen to that. So, Bill, talk about your own Scripture reading. You wake up in the morning, you settle down. Where are you headed in the, in the Bible? Well, you know, I, I, I try to, uh, you know, right now I'm in the, the book of Jonah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting uh, because I was reading in Jonah— and, you know, one of the things I read, Jonah was a rebellious prophet, and, and God called Jonah to go to a city of unbelievers, you know, people that were wicked. I mean, you know, they did some brutal things to the people that they captured. And, and, and Jonah, you know, went rebelliously. And, you know, he sat, you know, after he preached and the city repented, you know, he kind of sat on the, the hillside 
and you know he was consumed with himself. You know he wanted shade on the on the hillside. He you know he wanted to have the 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 plant cover him. He was waiting for God to just bring down judgment on Nineveh. And you know, uh, John and Kathy, you know, and, and this is going to be a hard message. But I wonder, as as Christians, you know, how consumed we are, you know, in this day and time, you know, with our own, you know, protection, with our own needs and our own desire. And then, you know, we got, and, and if we die, you know, if we close our eyes in death, we're going to go be in the presence of the Lord. But you know, we have a whole uh, slew of people out there that don't know Christ. And, and, and I'm not saying that we need to go out and witness to them. I'm just asking the question, are we even praying? You know, mm-hmm. in our prayers, uh, you know, are our prayers consumed upon, you know, Lord, protect me from the coronavirus. Lord, help me to wash my hands. Help me to do this. Help me yeah. to do that. Or are we praying and saying, you know, Lord, there's a, there's, you know, what, 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 what is it? Uh, uh, 800 people died yesterday in, the, in 24 hours here. You know, how many of those people stepped off into a Christless hell? And so are we praying for those individuals that don't know the Lord? Amen. Yeah. Or, 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 or we like, are we like Jonah? You know, are, are we just so consumed with ourselves that, you know, we, you know, we just kind of look at them and say, you know, I got mine. You know, they got to get theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm talking about peace, you know. And, uh, you know, when, when we think about peace, but, you know, so, John, you asked me where I was at, you know, in my reading, and I just— <laughs> I just happened to be in the book of Jonah. Excellent. Uh, That's good. Uh, but, you know, when, when you think about peace, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the language of the Bible is so rich uh, in, in presenting words. And when you think about uh, the words for peace in the Bible, you know, first of all, we go back to the, the Hebrew uh, word for peace, and it's shalom. And, and what is shalom? Shalom is that, that well-being of the total person that in the midst of, you know, coronavirus, that that we have a peace that, you know, it, it, and it goes back, I'm reminded of Horatio Spafford, who lost everything in the Chicago fire, mm-hmm. and then his daughters, you know, he lost them, you know, on, on a ship when yeah. it sank, and his wife and his said, wife, saved yeah. alone. Yeah, and, and he went to join his wife, and he asked the captain of the ship as he passed where the other ship went down to let him know. And, and he said, you know, he wrote the words to the song, when, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Here he lost a fortune, he lost uh, most of his family, and yet and still he was able to say, it is well with my soul. And, and you know, as, as we are in these days of self-quarantine, where, you know, they're asking us to, you know, stay at home, and, and, and I, I definitely uh, agree with, uh, you know, everything that they're asking us to do. Uh, but, you know, we, we, have, we have unrest just because we're asked to, you know, stay at home because we can't watch our favorite sports team anymore, you know, because we can't go to the movie anymore. Right. You know, we have this disturbance of our peace. And, 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 and we've missed the whole definition of the idea of shalom, which shalom is that, that well-being of the total person. Bill Glaze is with us, Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood, PA. Information about Bill's available at Word FM. You can also watch the show as it unfolds. We're streaming on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM, or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're talking to Bill Glaze, who he says is wearing his gym clothes because he has just <laughs> come from working out. And even in those clothes, still looking better than Bill Belichick on game day. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, Bill, talk about your church family. How are they weathering the storm? How are you managing to keep your people connected? Well, you know, thank God for technology. 
because you know what we do is you know we put our service on the uh, on our website every uh, Sunday morning at 10:30. You know, praise God for Word FM because uh, you know you guys have a link uh, you know to our right. service, and uh, and so people can go on there and watch it. And I'm just amazed at the number of people you know that are going you know to our site and then going through Word FM to view our service. So, you know, that that's one of the main ways that we're staying connected. You know, I talk to all my leaders, you know, our, our deacons and deaconesses, and each uh, deacon and deaconess are responsible, you know, for people in our congregation so that our whole congregation is under a deacon or deaconess. And and so, you know, they're, one of their jobs at this time is to stay in contact, you know, with their people. And then, you know, I've been trying to call people, too. So, you know, we're trying to, you know, connect, you know, even though, uh, that, that we can't meet in the physical location. One of the things that I'm realizing is that the church is not the building, but the church is the people. Amen. And uh, and and hopefully that message, you know, will be driven home to you know the body of Christ. That you know we praise God for buildings, but the building is not the church. The people are the church. Amen to that, Bill. You know I love this because you know um, I've been doing the same thing as you're doing. I'm just uh, trying to stay in contact with people that I know and love in the church. And, and I've been thinking about this, you know, I don't know how long, like, you know, how long is this going to last? Is it going to be weeks? It's going to be months. But after these conversations, whether I'm texting or these phone calls, when we finally get to see everybody at church right. on a Sunday morning, I mean, <laughs> everyone's going to be giddy. Everyone's going to be laughing. It's going to be sort of like a prelude to what we've always talked about when I get to heaven and I see, but it's going to be like heaven on earth in some way. Right, right. The songwriter said, uh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that would be. Yeah. And so whenever we go back to church, what a day of rejoicing that would be. You know, and that. You know John, Kathy, you know, one of the things I wonder, too, is how, how much uh, the message or, or God is speaking through, you know, people through this, you know, this crisis. And that how many people are actually turning to the Lord in the midst of all this yeah. so that when we do get back together, will our numbers increase of people desiring fellowship with God in fellowship with God's people. Amen to that. I mean, I agree. If, if you're not praying right now, I don't care who you are, then you're never going to pray, right? So Amen. I think, you know, the, uh, the possibility of us as being uh, Christ-like in every interaction, whether we're, you know, running down to Giant Eagle or we're huddled somewhere, you know, trying to get through the day here, everybody we meet, we should be that face of Jesus for people because this mm. is the time. Amen. Amen. You know, I preached the message a couple of, uh, uh, weeks ago, and it, the title of the message is Showtime. Mm-hmm. And what I was talking about, all the Bible studies, devotions, prayer that we've done up until this point, now we're going to see, you know, how they're paying off. That's so it, it's Showtime. You know, it's, it's, it's time for us to let people know what's in us, you know, the, where the rubber meets the road. That's Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church, Homewood, PA. You can hear Bill every weekday, 7 p.m., Anchored in Jesus, here yeah. on Word FM. And, Bill, uh, we don't know when we're going to see each other. Hopefully it would be next month, maybe the month after. But uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, like all of us, we're looking forward to being together. But we look forward to seeing you on the air again as you join us again next month. Amen. And I was looking forward to that Facebook Live because I was going to come in. But, uh, you know, no. evidently God had different plans. Well, you know what? Next time we come on, right? No. We could we could do a sketch of Bill and mean? put it in the guest chair. No, no, no. I think that could be an interesting addition <laughs> to the program. See Bill, you know, if you see we could dress life. him up. You know what I mean? Like the fancy Bill, not like the post-workout Bill. <laughs> Thanks, Bill, for yeah, being here. It. All right. Okay. God bless you. Stay Lo- safe. Love you. You too as well. Bethany Baptist Church, William Glaze, anchored in Jesus, as Cass said, 7 o'clock here, Monday through Friday on Word FM. 
Take a break. Come back. Oh, hey, um, you ever want a waterbed? We'll talk about that. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. As soon as we're back out in our yard, yep, we get company. Dandelions, lurking crabgrass, and wheat-thin grass. But Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action takes care of them all. Now, with one bag, you can kill weeds, prevent crabgrass for up to four months, and feed for greener grass. Triple Action, so your lawn thrives, guaranteed. Only from Scott's. Weeds aren't welcome here. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. During times of uncertainty and fear, we turn to God in prayer. This Thursday, April 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews invites you to a special live prayer service. President and CEO of the Fellowship, Yael Eckstein, will share words of blessing, and Chairman of the Board, Bishop Paul Lanier, will lead us in a time of prayer to ask for God's blessing, His mercy and protection from the coronavirus pandemic. Shalom. I'm Paul Lanier, Chairman of the Board of Directors of the Fellowship, and I was just wondering if I could ask you to pray with me about precious people around the world who are facing this coronavirus Join us for a nationwide live prayer service from the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, wherever you are, right from your phone. The special phone number is 877-365-5237. That's 877-365-5237. Join us Thursday, April 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can submit your prayer request and learn more at ifcjhelp.org. Most of the time, you have to choose convenience or value. Family Dollar is different. We're in your neighborhood, won't empty your wallet, and we've got the food, drinks, pet supplies, and household products you need. Stop at Family Dollar today. Pandemic, market drops, elections. Don't let the noise and fear distract you. Where do you go for clarity in uncertain times? For experienced advice on planning for retirement, tune in right here Saturday morning at 10 for your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane. Or call Accurate Solutions Group now for help navigating these unprecedented times. 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. We'll have mainly clear skies for tonight, low for the rest of your Thursday, 33. Friday, mostly sunny, a beautiful day, the high 55. Friday night, mainly clear, low 36. For Saturday, nice with sunshine and clouds, high 60. Sunday, clouds and sunshine with a shower in the afternoon hours with a high 61. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. 1968. Okay. There's a young man by the name of Charles Hall. No relation. He was working on his master's thesis in industrial design. And he was experimenting with um, furniture, furniture design. So he filled a chair up 
with um, some weird the cornstarch gel. Okay. And the cornstarch gel rotted and made a, a putrid mess. Because that's disgusting. Then he decided to fill a bed up with Jello. And it was a, a vinyl. You wonder, was, was he independently wealthy? I mean, how did he have time to do this? thesis, right? He's spending some cash. So he, he had this, these um, vinyl shells that he blew up, filled with jello. After a short while, they themselves were putrid messes. However, what he realized that as he's working on this, all these guys were stopping by and hanging out in his college dorm. Because the idea of laying on something weird and squishy was appealing. Sounds like something that a college student would like. Yeah. So fast forward, he came upon the idea of um, water-filled chambers, and thus was born the waterbed. Now, this was such a big deal that people were like, you know, so Charlie Hall, he started his own waterbed business. Now, the business was quickly trumped by imitators and... People who were doing it better and had more... Capability and technology and money and right. everything else. However, this idea took off. Now, so waterbeds, when you used to say to waterbed, you know, to people, especially when I was a kid, like, you know, in the 70s, people would go, whoa, whoa that's like you have a waterbed. And it was kind of, uh, it was kind of dirty. Oh, okay. Right? It was something All like right. you, like you were like, you know, sexually adventuresome if you if owned you had a waterbed. Water yeah, it was okay. kind of weird, yeah, right? Yeah. But then industry came in and took over. And the weird thing is, I'm, I'm reading this article about whatever happened to waterbeds and, and uh, mental floss. I did not know this, but the heyday of waterbeds was the 1980s. More waterbeds were sold in 1984 by the millions than at any other time. That does not surprise me. One of every four mattresses in 1984 was a waterbed. Uh-huh. And it had gone from being, you know, the hippie domain to wood pant or you know, wood oak to headboards. It had become sort of But the deal is, do you ever know anybody who had a waterbed? Yes. Did you? Oh, yes, I did. Okay, so you know, people in their like their second story apartment had to run a hose to fill the thing up. Right. And of course, there was always, you know, the scare of a leak coming upon you. Are you kidding? Right? I mean, I only knew three people who had waterbeds, but huh. I knew them well. They were good friends of mine. Really? And so I saw this play out. Every one of them had a leak. Oh, really? Okay, that's 100% of yeah. the people I knew who had waterbeds. I know it's only three, but still, it is a convincing number. Okay, so Charlie Hall continued to make waterbeds. He sold two of them, no surprise, to Hugh Hefner. One of them was, Well, there we go. One of them was covered in green velvet. The other was outfitted with Tasmanian, Tasmanian possum hair. I don't know. That's offensive in so many mm-hmm. ways. Okay, so it used to be a $2 billion business in 1984 dollars. Then, of course, the rise of gel-filled mattresses and you know inflatable mattresses. So now the waterbed business still exists, but it's a, a tiny fraction it's of defunct. what it once was. I'll tell you why, because it's just too much of a mess. It's too difficult. Yeah. But... There was an era. I remember the '80s waterbed era. Really? Yeah, because I was growing, kind of growing up at that time, and I remember that it. My um, association was people with back problems were really uh-huh. into waterbeds uh, sure, at sure. that point. So right, people right. who were suffering with lower back pain or had some kind of issue, it was like the chiropractor's choice. Oh, really? Okay, so the idea of a waterbed goes so it back. So it went from the skank factor that you're talking about, the Hugh the, Hefner early on, right. to the you know recommended by a doctor near you. I see. Now, 
initially, this initial thing, like decades before Charlie Hall, was people who were convalescing who had bed sores. And is there oh, a way it, to relieve that pressure? pressure? Right. It's come a long way. Anyway. I think they're gross. Oh, they kind of weird. I always thought they were gross. Um, I think I had a cousin who had one. The weird thing was, though, you know, to lay on it, it all of a sudden it was like, you know, you were doing this. And then I move around a lot. I'm right. Back I, and forth, back and forth. All of a sudden, you know, I like never you're at thought, sea. No, I never thought it was enjoyable at all. Yeah. But the rise of the waterbed. Yeah. $1984, $2 billion in sales. And then it just totally dived. Isn't that interesting how, how phases yes. go in and out? Mike, have you ever um, laid or sat on a waterbed? My parents owned a waterbed. No! <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Yeah, and I loved that thing when I was little. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The only Yeah, I took naps on it. The only thing I don't like about it is, like to, to John's point, anytime anybody moved on that thing you were crazy like, right it was like you were on a boat how long did they have it mike oh they had it for like eight years no kidding yeah. really did was there yeah. leaks was there yeah. a leak there was no leaks oh okay, there was good. no leaks there was almost a leak uh, my brother threw a uh, my brother threw scissors across the room <laughs> of course i mean you know that's the, a match made in heaven scissors in a water fortunately it hit the lamp first mm-hmm. and then hit the water bed mm-hmm. but however mr and mrs duffy oh yeah <laughs> Take a break. Come back. We got lots more ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about. Um, oh. We're going to talk about horses and animals. Yes, Karen Swallow Pryor is with us next. One hundred one point five W O R D. At home, at work, or when home is work, we're here with the information, teaching, conversation, music, inspiration, and hope you need right now. Use your smart speaker to connect to Pittsburgh Station, sharing the word that changes the world. Okay. Find us at The Word Pittsburgh, 101.5 WORD. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, Call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. There's a virus spreading across the country, but I'm not referring to the one you think. I'm talking about a different pandemic, the left's attack on free speech. But one film is fighting back. No Safe Spaces featuring Salem Radio Network's Dennis Prager and comedian Adam Carolla. And now you can watch No Safe Spaces from the comfort of your home at nosafespaces.com. Watch this film that Hollywood, Netflix, and the left doesn't want you to see. Go to nosafespaces.com now. With all that is going on today regarding the coronavirus, City Mission needs you now more than ever. City Mission has taken precautions to protect its vulnerable resident population. You can help. 
Any donations you believe will help during this time are greatly appreciated to continue to serve both City Mission residents and our community and keep City Mission doors open. For all the details, please visit citymission.org and please join City Mission in prayer to get through these challenging times. For over 20 years, Trinity Jewelers has helped us celebrate life's closest relationships. And while their store may be closed for now, they think it's worth remembering that in times like these, it's those relationships that keep us going. They remind us that this too will pass and to put our focus on the things that really matter, our family, our friends, and a Savior who will never leave us nor forsake us. We're going to get through this together. The entire staff at Trinity Jewelers is looking forward to seeing you soon. Don't you love to read a book and then later on discover the backstory of the roots of the author's life and view that infused that story? Well, such is the case with um, a book we're going to talk about with Karen Swallow Pryor, um, Black Beauty, which – did you read it as a Yes. Kid? Didn't you love it? It changed me. It did? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really wonderful. Well, Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. Karen's a regular guest on our show from Liberty University and has written a piece called How the Working Class Became Children, The Politics of Kindness in a Victorian Novel. Karen, how are you? I'm good. How are you two? Staying safe and healthy, I hope? We yeah, are, we're, yes. we're doing our best, Karen. How about you? Probably better than you are, because I don't have to show up at the office right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You're not in studio with us, but we do have your cute little picture at the bottom of our stream here, Karen. So we're looking at that and imagining (laughs) that you were here. Uh, Karen, let me ask you about Black Beauty, um, because I remember so clearly how old I was when I read it. I remember remember it was in the winter. I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. My copy um, I got from my dad, and it was red on the cover. It had this oval picture of the horse. And I just loved, I absolutely loved this book. Do you remember when you read it first? I don't remember when I read it first because I read it so many times. What I really remember, and Kathy, I have to, I hope that you have this memory too. There was a record album that put the story to music. No, I I don't know this. No. I I can, I can still like, I won't torture you by singing them, but I can still imagine the songs. And I listened to that about in fourth or fifth grade after I had read it, and um, it was a real true adaptation. Cool. It was so, wonderful. Karen, it, it wasn't a musical, right? But it was just songs that were threaded through the through the story. Yes, you know, I'm going to have to go on eBay or something and yeah. see if I can find it. But yeah, it was just songs written to the to the story. And Isn't they were that funny? Cool songs. Yeah, look it up, Kathy. You'll okay. be amazed. Oh, I bet. I, I bet it's super cheesy, but I bet I'll love it. Uh-huh, it is. <laughs> okay, Karen, so um, when John asked if I had ever read the book, we hadn't talked about it off the air, and I said it changed me. I, I really trace my love of animals to that book. And I grew up in a family that didn't like animals. My parents didn't have any pets. I didn't grow up on a farm. My uh, grandparents didn't have pets. My aunt, Nobody I knew had pets. The only pets oh. I was ever around were two dogs that bit me on um, consecutive Christmas days, which is a story I'll tell at another Holy time. Story, yeah. But there was something about that book. It just opened my eyes to loving animal. I, not just loving animals, because it wasn't like I was I was petitioning my parents for a pet. It opened my eyes to the fact that there was an obligation that we had to animals, mm-hmm. that there was a respect Absolutely. that should exist between humans and animals. 
that is the way that this book changed the world. And when I went, I went back to reread it for this this article because, like I said, I I just you know I absorbed it over and over again as a child. Yeah. And I later went on not to only not only to own horses, but I worked at horse farms during my college oh. years. So I spent my life around horses. But as I went back and reread this novel, which I first read before I had any horses, I realized that everything I knew about horse care and that was just ingrained in me came from this book. Like I really? learned how to care for horses from this book. Wow. And of course, as you said, to empathize and think about caring about animals and caring about their care and their, their emotional life as well, I which see. they have. So Karen, tell us about the author because it's not, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a sad story, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, actually Black Beauty was, by Anna Sewell was her only published work. Um, so anyone who knows her name will really only know it from, from this work. Um, and she she gained this empathy and love for horses because as a young girl, she suffered some crippling injuries. They don't really know what it was at the time. Maybe she just had weak bones, but she struggled to walk through most of her life and so ended up being carried around um, by horses. And so she grew to love these animals. Um, she wasn't a writer herself. She was a Quaker, never married, helped her own mother, who was a teacher and um, philanthropist. She helped her mother in her work. But when she learned that she was would only live for a few months more because she also suffered a number of illnesses, as was common during the time for many people, um, she was confined to her house and just began to write this story that about these horses that she loved. She ended up living a few years more, and it's a good thing because it took a little while to write the book, and she died just a few months after the book was published. Wow. So she never saw the impact, the success of the story that grew to make sure that millions of children, millions of adults read it for out for years. Exactly. I mean, she uh, she she did see some, you know, some success. It was pretty successful to begin with, but nothing like what it became. And it, it actually considered one of the top five best-selling novels in in books in the world is that right um, by some by some by some count um millions and millions of copies sold um wow. so it's just been a phenomenal success and uh it you know it has changed the way that the world sees horses and animals and the way that mm-hmm. we treat them it's such a wonderful it's just a I was going to say heartwarming, but then I didn't want to use it because it was trite. But now I can't think of anything else because that's what it was. It was just a really sweet story. It was so comforting to me as a kid. Maybe that's why I read it so many times. Maybe that's why you listened to it so many times, Karen. Um, talk about the, the, the era in which she was writing. Um, how unusual was it for someone to be advocating for animal welfare? Well, the animal welfare movement had been growing throughout the century. It actually, as, as I'm sure I've talked about on this program before, um, it was it was really the the heart and brainchild of the evangelical movement, the early evangelicals um, who wanted to bring about you know benevolence and care and virtue for all people and all creatures. Um, but at the time that Sewell was writing, was the height of the industrial age, and so horses were treated as kind of a a necessity, an extension of technology. So the trains would deliver goods across the country and horses were needed to take them that extra extra step. But the other thing that was going on is that 
in in previous days, horses had been owned and handled by the uh, by people who who kept them and knew them. So whether it was rich or poor, they knew how to take care of these horses. But when a bunch of people moved into the urban centers and got jobs working with horses, they didn't have a background or education to know how to treat them. And so horses were being cruelly abused, whether intentionally or out of ignorance. And that's actually one, there's a whole chapter in Black Beauty devoted to the evils of ignorance. Um, Mm. And so Sewell was, as, as I talk about in this article, we consider it children's literature today, but she was actually writing it for the men uh, and sometimes boys who worked with the horses, and you know their literacy level wasn't as sophisticated as as the aristocracies were. But so she, it's written at a simpler level and a more engaging level. But it was written for men and read by men. Really, so there, in many ways, is moralizing, of course, threaded through the story, but mm-hmm. aimed at to mm-hmm. a aimed at a working class audience, showing a working class audience. Exactly. And they read it. Um, they loved it. They heeded it. Um, and it was something that was written for them with respect for them. Um, yes, it had it was it was moralistic. It was didactic. Um, but it met people where they were, respected them at their level and, of course, got read by a lot of other people as well, because the other thing that Sewell does, which is so remarkable, is that she indicts the wealthy as well. Um, this is a time when it was popular to believe that you know the the wealthy had a duty toward their the lower orders to be responsible for them and teach them. Um, but they were often just as, if not more, irresponsible and corrupt as the lower orders. And so Anna Sewell just she criticizes everyone, high and low. Um, and as I say in the article, um, in a very stratified society where everyone was divided by economic class or by sex or by, you know, all the different social categories in this novel, there are basically two kinds of people, those who are kind and those who are not. Mm -hmm. Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. She's written a piece that we love called How the Working Class Became Children, The Politics of Kindness in a Victorian Novel. Karen, uh, in the piece, the very first mention, you say that it's 200 years ago in March that the novel debuted. I mean, after 200 years and you just rereading this, how does it hold up by modern literature standards? Well, just a slight um, correction. It was actually it's 200 years on March 30th of just uh-huh. a couple of days ago marked the um, birthday of Anna Thank Sewell. You, yes. So she was born on that day. The novel came out in 1877. Um, so it's, you know, almost a century and a half old, if wow. my math is correct. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it has held up very well in terms of its of its popularity. As I said, millions and millions of copies sold. Um, but again, we tend to view it differently now. We think of it as, as, as a book for children because, because it's written at a simple level. Um, it's not, you know, it's not James Joyce, <laughs> which is good and bad. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it also, if we read it today as adults and think of it as children's literature, I would challenge us, as I do, I mentioned in the article, um, to think about why, why do we think of it as children's literature? I mean, a lot of things about the simple life, about labor and work, and even just kindness itself, I think we often think we're more sophisticated than that, mm-hmm. and we don't need those things. But I think we do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've looked at different films, because there's been different versions of the movies throughout the year, right? Was Elizabeth Taylor in the original film? 
I think, you know, I that think that's right. the only film version I've seen. I think it's like, uh, it's in the 40s. She yes. was a young girl. Yeah, she was a girl. Right. But then I think one was made in the 90s as well. Just I'm just curious. There's a little sidebar. That's all. I don't expect you to have the answer. Just I'm using here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen, talk to us about yeah, how things... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to just ask no, you how... Say... <laughs> Can we dance? I would just encourage people to watch the film versions. It's a great and a great classic like this usually makes great film I adaptations. So. so go ahead and watch it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kathy. All I'm asking you, Karen, is I want to see how you are and what things are like in Virginia. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of the simple things that I think we all need to be reminded of, um, this is a time where, you know, I'm enjoying those because I'm, you know, at home, working at home, doing by grading and teaching online, um, but also just um, it's spring in Virginia. It's a beautiful time of year, and um, yeah, this, this terrible pandemic, uh, I, I hope it does remind us of the importance of the simple things, the farmers and the laborers who, you know, who are the ones who are going to suffer the most in this, and and um, and most of us have to maybe return to some of those simple things in some ways. Yes. So, Karen, um, are you still riding horses? You know, my my last horse died a couple of years ago, and um, I have not. I ha- I bored a couple of horses, so I have some here at the house. But I think probably since my um, my bus accident, I don't think I'm going to. Um, a couple of years ago, I don't think I'll be riding horses again. Right, but right. I I love them, and I get to spend time with them every day. So oh, that's it's a terrific. blessing. Well, Karen, we're so happy to hear from you and to know that you're well. Well, thank you. It's good to hear from you guys. That's Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor. Mm-hmm. She is uh, an English professor at Liberty University for just a couple more months before she uh, makes a trip a little farther south. You can find Karen all over social media. She's on Facebook. She's on on Twitter. Karen Swallow Pryor, always insightful and a great read. She has two noble dogs. Yes, and her daily run photos as well. Don't you love that feeling when you just nailed your look? When someone you barely even know comes up to you and says, oh, I love that outfit. Where did you get it? That's how it feels to use Stitch Fix. They're a personal styling service. Tell them what you love, and they send great clothes for you to try on at home. Stitch Fix is simple. Sign up in just a few minutes. Tell them about the brands you love and the looks that make you feel great. Stitch Fix is convenient. Get everything delivered right to you. So you can try on new styles in the comfort of your own home. Stitch Fix is on your terms and priced to fit your budget. There's no subscription required, ever. Keep what you want and send back anything you don't. So, isn't it time you started nailing your look? Get started today at stitchfix.com. Stitch Fix, personal styling for women, men, and kids. Stitch Fix, personal styling for everybody. I am doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, and exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, lenaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. 
Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. According to the 2010 census, only 13% of the population was over 65. Well, I wasn't part of the 13% back then, but I am now. And with the 2020 census, my response will inform funding for things like health care, public transit, all types of things to make 65 feel like the new 40. Yeah, okay, maybe the new 50. Shape your future. Start here. Complete the census at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Over this last week, Kath and I have taken an opportunity to engage in reading of of Scripture. And uh, we love it. We would encourage you to do it as well, especially uh, with your family out loud or wherever you happen to be. But it is strengthening and encouraging us, and we hope you too. Today we turn to Psalm 86. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God, ruthless people trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me, have mercy on me, show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me, because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Amen. Psalm 86. Say again, we would just encourage you. Um, There's something, of course, that is so deeply powerful, um, so endearing that draws you closer to God by doing this. So do it if you can, please. If you've never read the Bible, it's not that scary. You know, open it up and see what it's like. I really encourage you to just read it. We've been reading from the Psalms each day, taking one segment on our show, because we think that the Psalms just kind of show the panoply of human emotion and reaction. You've got psalmists who are disappointed with God, angry at God, loving God, eager to praise God, having trouble with each other, having trouble with themselves. It's everything that we're experiencing right now, except it's ancient literature. Yes. 
I mean, times change. People tend to be the same, yes, do they not? They right? do. Hey, we'll take a break and do a, a, a weather update. No traffic. No traffic. Because there is no traffic. There is nothing. We're cruising. And some news. We're going to, during the 5 o'clock hour at some point, we're going to talk about hobbies. I want to talk about hobbies. You got a hobby? Yeah, the hobbies that people are dishing on right now. Mm -hmm. You're going to collect some stamps, maybe uh, save some pennies. I'm never going to collect stamps. Some woodworking, perhaps. Nope, I'm not going to woodwork Photography in the dark room, maybe? Maybe. All right. That's during the 5 o'clock hour of the ride home. Stay with us, please. Also, streaming online, Word FM on Facebook. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Democratic National Committee delaying its convention until the week of August 17th. Prospective nominee Joe Biden says he didn't think it was possible to hold a normal convention in July because of the coronavirus. Republicans, meanwhile, expressing confidence that they can pull off their convention as scheduled in late August. Nine leading European university hospitals are warning they will run out of essential medicine needed for COVID-19 patients in intensive care in less than two weeks as they're being crushed by the pandemic. A group wrote that the hardest-hit hospitals likely to run out of their essential medicines in just two days. On Wall Street, stocks are closing solidly higher, giving the market its first gain in three days. The Dow gained nearly 470 points today. The Nasdaq up 126 and the S&P 500 up 56. This is SRN News. Easter is a day to celebrate life with those you love. And Bistro to Go on the North Side is here to help you do just that. With simply delicious chef-prepared meals ready to take home to your family table Easter weekend. Enjoy brown sugar-baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey, beef pot roast, or lasagna with a tasty array of sides, salads, and sumptuous desserts. With cold pickup Saturday, April 11th, or hot pickups Easter Sunday. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. Millions of people are ditching those expensive cable TV bills and saving thousands with Select TV's new cord cutting kit, only $19.95 a year. Select TV's Smart Guide brings you over 500,000 TV shows and movies from major networks, over 1,500 live streaming channels, thousands of free radio stations, and a pay-per-view deal finder. Plus, combine all your streaming services like Netflix and Amazon. Order now and get an HDTV antenna absolutely free, a $20 value, so you can get your local channels, news, sports, and weather. Select TV uses your existing internet connection. Watch on your smart TV, mobile phone, laptop, and Android streaming devices. All for just $19.95 plus shipping and handling. Call 800-576-6801 or visit selecttv.com. Again, that's 800-576-6801 or visit selecttv.com for this free HDTV antenna offer from Select TV and never pay those expensive cable bills again. During times of uncertainty and fear, we turn to God in prayer. This Thursday, April 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews invites you to a special live prayer service. President and CEO of the Fellowship, Yael Eckstein, will share words of blessing, and Chairman of the Board, Bishop Paul Lanier, will lead us in a time of prayer to ask for God's blessing, His mercy and protection from the coronavirus pandemic. Shalom. I'm Paul Lanier, Chairman of the Board of Directors of the Fellowship, and I was just wondering if I could ask you to pray with me about precious people around the world who are facing this coronavirus 
Join us for a nationwide live prayer service from the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, wherever you are, right from your phone. The special phone number is 877-365-5237. That's 877-365-5237. Join us Thursday, April 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can submit your prayer request and learn more at ifcjhelp.org. He learned to pitch in your backyard. Now his team's coming over to celebrate their high school championship. So you need to patch those bare spots fast. Pennington One Step Complete has a revolutionary formula that repairs bare spots in only two weeks or less. Pennington's been trusted since 1945, and now it works even faster. One Step Complete from Pennington. Honest Green. Get your lawn ready for any occasion. Head to your local retailer to pick up One Step Complete. We'll have mainly clear skies for tonight, low for the rest of your Thursday, 33. Friday, mostly sunny, a beautiful day, the high 55. Friday night, mainly clear, low 36. For Saturday, nice with sunshine and clouds, high 60. Sunday, clouds and sunshine with a shower in the afternoon hours with a high 61. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along this beautiful, sunshiny day. Truly, does the sunshine not make a difference in everything? It really does. I'm on your side. I love it so much. 100%. Looking at uh, the web today, and... Um, People talking about marriage and the effect that this pandemic and the uh, economic downturn is going to have on marriages. Uh, It's a piece by uh, W. Bradford Wilcox. In trying times, spouses realize that the core of their relationship is caring for children, relatives, and one another. So um, remember, I'd never read this book, but it was, of course, it was a gigantic uh, bestseller. Um, What was it? Uh, Eat, Pray, Love. Never read it. Never read it? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, so I have eaten. I have prayed. Eat, pray, love. And, and hopefully I have loved. Yes. So uh, apparently I've not read it either, but here's, here's where we are. We're commenting on something. But, you know, it's public knowledge. So the the, the thread of that book is about the soulmate mm-hmm. as the romantic novel, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we've been sold that bill of goods, I think, probably since the 1970s, I would say, that you've got to find that perfect soulmate that will make your life complete. And for every every one person, there is... Only one. That one soulmate. Only one. And if you don't find them, or if you marry the wrong one, boy, you're screwed. Right. I was watching, what's that, um, The Good Life? Is that, is that what it's called? I've uh, never seen it, but yes. We watched the first episode la- last night. And that was the crux, basically, of the first episode. That the woman dies, and in this sort of, you know, heaven, she's introduced to her perfect soulmate. The person she should have married. Right. Would she have been paying more attention? But... In this perfect world, this supposed heaven afterlife, the perfect soulmate—they're together forever, mm. right? But you know, and she just ditches the person she was married to on Earth. I don't know. Okay, we don't go there, right? Okay, so um, in this piece about the soulmate model, that soulmate model from the '70s, from the uh, Eat, Pray, Love, as opposed to the family first model, because they're saying that during the Great Depression, a lot of marriages broke up because of the stress, mm-hmm. and they expect that marriages will break up 
now as well, right? Because it's so difficult, especially if you're thinking, oh, my soulmate's got this for me and the soulmate doesn't deliver. Or what about if you think that you're, the reason that you have married who you married is because you thought they were your soulmate and then there's not a lot of romance happening now because things are very hard and there are demands from your parents and your children and your neighbors and perhaps the loss of a job and perhaps the addition of illness and all of those things. Romance doesn't have a whole, you know, a lot to do with daily life when those things happen. It just <laughs> no, doesn't. It does, no. Okay, but here, here, here's the point of this. The silver lining in this, so says uh, Bradford Wilcox, in the face of so much trauma and economic dislocation, most marriages will not collapse. Many will instead emerge mm-hmm. stronger and more stable as husbands and wives develop a new appreciation for how much they love and depend on their spouse and how much their kids and their kin depend on them keeping their marriages together. Yeah. This is uh, kind of a parallel to an article I saw yesterday, and I, I'm, I'm sorry I can't cite it right now, and I, I don't remember where it was. I'll try to find it for tomorrow's show. But the article was talking about the fact that conventional wisdom says in a pandemic moment like we're experiencing, people become selfish, people become kind of crazy, they're willing to exact violence on each other, but the actual evidence of history shows the opposite. Mm -hmm. And the opposite is that in difficult times, people become kinder. They become more concerned about other people. They become more altruistic and less selfish. I believe that's true. Look, in my, you know, your dealings, if you're going to the grocery store, I think people are kinder towards mm-hmm. each other. There's more eye contact that's made. People are, you know, finding space. I, I'm nicer. In public. Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely nicer right. in public. Right. Are you? I, I think so. I've, I mean, I don't think I was not nice, but I think I'm just naturally I'm more open. Yes, I'm naturally introverted, and so when I'm out at any store, I don't, you know, I'm not interested to like meet a new friend or have a conversation with somebody. Right. Um, and now I'm much more open, empathetic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you? Sure. Not be I always ask people, who, every cashier, or whatever, how are you doing? Oh you know, tell me how you are. All those sorts of things. Okay. But this is an interesting contrast he has drawn here, uh, what's his name, W. Bradford Wilcox in the Wall Street Journal, between going into a marriage or being in a marriage that's based on just the satisfaction of the two partners versus being in a marriage that is family-centered. Right. Well, of course, but you know, when you first get married, right, it is. It is about you two coming together. Right. And then later on, as you hopefully, you know, you age and mature and you have children. Okay, but that's the question. I think he's saying that there are many people who are married who haven't aged or matured, who have aged, but maybe not matured in that way. And so when the difficulties come, especially the difficulties of family life, then the thing falls apart. Right. Because I believe, like he's also saying, we've been sold this bill of goods Mm -hmm. since the 70s of, you know, sometimes when we touch the honesty is too much, you know, that kind of thing. And I have to close my eyes and hide. Is that Dan Hill? I want to hold you till I die. Until we both break down and cry. Exactly. I want to hold you. So the fear in me subsides. Mm. Please, can I find a way to get that out of my memory? I can't remember this article that I liked so much yesterday, and I'm singing Dan Hill. Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Yes, Mike, please, rescue. Make this end. Well, I know there's been a lot of thoughts and prayers going out to all the married men. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it's working. Because, wait, 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 yeah, wait, tell wait. me why. There's, wait, a lot of men? To, there's a lot of thoughts and prayers going out to all the married men who've been who's been saying to their wives for months, uh, yeah, I'll do that when I got time. Mm-hmm. Here's the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the time. Here is Your the time. Your moment has arrived. 
Yeah. Moments arrived. Listen, my wife and I have been talking about this. My wife is so capable in so many arenas. If she were to pass away, I would be a complete and total idiot. I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't do – I'd be lost. I'd be at sea. I mean, you see this time and time again, of course, when older couples, when their spouse passes away, the man, the man's the survivor. Mm-hmm. The man just loses his mind, and he dies shortly thereafter. Because he's got nothing. Okay, that's yeah. not Guys always the case. That is not always the case. It's not always the case, okay. but it is a model. Okay. I'm just saying, God bless your wife. If she's on the on the front lines mm-hmm. with you, dig her. Mm-hmm. We're trying, people. All oh. the wives out there, aren't we trying? Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you. I got nothing. You, you were bringing up the fact that men have more time, men who are home who have more time. I don't know, and I... I feel like I just want to say this because there have to be people out there who are experiencing something similar to what I'm experiencing. Never in all the years, we just talked about this this morning, never in all the years that our family has been a unit, our daughter's 21, so 21 years, never have the four of us been as busy as we are right now. Right now? Right now. Never. The four of us are like all (laughs) cylinders going from the moment we wake up until I get home from work and then Mm. we all kind of collapse. you think it's because we have more time now? No, no, no. No, I, I think, think there's it's more just, put upon us. I think that my kids, the demands of school are yeah, yeah, gigantic. Yeah. I mean, they are absolutely like pushing, studying, working, turning in stuff all day long, yeah. all day long. And my husband's a teacher, so he's being asked to produce all sorts of, you know, you know, lessons, right. videos, audio for kids, you name it. I mean, it's it is a lot of work for a lot of people I right now. And and we're all the, my three of, out of the four of us are at home. Yeah. But just because you're at home doesn't mean that you're, you know, watching movies from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Which would be nice. Wouldn't it sure it? would be. Yeah. Nice. OK. What about this? I've been thinking about this a lot. This is inadvertently, in many ways, this pandemic sort of going around the educational model that has been force fed to us. Yep. You know, we're spending tens of thousands of dollars. Now, I think after this is over, higher education is going to be forced to adjust in some way. Because if this model is successful, video streaming of yep. classes, and you're going to do this at a fraction of the cost, who's yep. going to go to you know the how university? Many, how many times have we said, when is the college bubble going to burst? This when are we it. going to see it burst? I think this is going to be it. Yeah. I think it's just going to be pe- – some people will never take to online education. You know, I don't think either one of my children would ever enjoy that. They're just – this is very taxing for them. But for some people, they're going to say, wait a minute, I can get this education. I can be yeah. at home. I can do it online. My son is going, I love this. You see, he loves it. You know why Depends I love it? Depends on personality, right? He loves it because after the lecture is over and the homework is posted, those are resources to him to go back to again and, and again. And those weren't digitally no, available no, before. No. So now he's like, I don't really understand that. What did she say? I need to go back. And there it is. And what about that homework thing? I need to look at that a little deeper and figure that it's out. Gonna it's going to change everything. Been, yeah. It's going to change I everything. I believe as well. That's our forecast. Yeah, exactly. We're being futurists. Hey, we've got good news and bad news Uh-oh. on uh, COVID-19. We're going to talk about that mm-hmm. as uh, the hour unfolds. If you missed any portion of our program, you can go back and listen to it at any of uh, the places where you get your podcasts. But you can watch the show on Facebook Live, 101.5 Word FM, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We are streaming right now. Hi. If you want to leave us a message, we'll answer. Coming up next, we're going to talk about new movies for you. 101.5 WORD. Oh.
Dr. J. Vernon McGee once said, beneath the mysteries of God are the purposes of God. I'm Steve Schwetz, host of Through the Bible, inviting you on the Bible bus as we travel through 1 Peter. This certainly is an unusual season, isn't it? And by God's design, we're right on schedule in our journey through the whole Word of God, studying a book that points us to Jesus even in suffering. So come join us on the Bible bus. I'll save you a seat. Catch through the Bible right here on this station. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. You're about to hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law. And we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core, and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, a reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Noble Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. License in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. There's a virus spreading across the country, but I'm not referring to the one you think. I'm talking about a different pandemic, the left's attack on free speech. But one film is fighting back. No Safe Spaces, featuring Salem Radio Network's Dennis Prager and comedian Adam Carolla. And now you can watch No Safe Spaces from the comfort of your home at nosafespaces.com. Watch this film that Hollywood, Netflix, and the left doesn't want you to see. Go to nosafespaces.com now. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue, and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. You know, in the old days, it used to be you turn the calendar page, and it was a new month. Now, when you turn the calendar page, it's not only a new month, but it's also brand new streaming on Netflix and Prime or Hulu. Because, I mean, every boom, boom, there's a whole sort of just waterfall of cool things to watch every month. And especially with a lot of us being stuck inside, well, April has been greatly anticipated. So your uh, viewing pleasure for April, here to talk to us about that is film critic Alyssa Wilkinson. Alyssa is a film critic at Vox.com. She's also a professor at the King's College, member of the uh, the New York National Society of Film Critics. And uh, Alyssa, welcome back to the show. How are you? It's good to be here. How are you doing? We're pretty good, staying inside as much as possible. I guess you are too in New York City, yeah? 
Oh, yeah. Yep. I go out every day for a walk, and that's about it. <laughs> Alyssa, we're having a disagreement, which I know is not a shock to you, uh, being a frequent <laughs> guest here on The Ride Home. But John is refusing to even consider watching Tiger King. And so I need some <laughs> advice. Uh, yes or no? Should we or shouldn't we? Well, it's a complicated question. I actually okay. just published a piece today about this. Um, you know, like, it's hugely entertaining. That's absolutely sure, like for sure. And I think there's a big reason that so many people have watched it. Um, I also would say, even as I was watching it, I thought, oh, this is not good at all. Uh-huh. So um, right. I think it's a very, your mileage may vary. The thing that I find weirdest about it is that it seems to have started life as a show about, you know, the exploitation of exotic animals and somehow turned into kind of like let's watch these weird people do weird stuff so um you know i think it's worth watching perhaps and then considering what it is and what it's doing and how we you know how it is that we we come to watch people do you know kind of who we find to be strange or something like that um so i don't think it's very good but i also totally understand why it's become such a phenomenon so fast i mean i think in regular times i would be open to watching it but because there's so much anxiety and like oh my gosh i can't believe this is happening i don't need to invite you know like my mom used to say garbage in garbage out well that's kind of how i'm looking at it (laughs) yeah i mean it's not like there aren't a million other things you could choose to watch so I don't know that there's any necessary, you know, kind of need for anyone to watch it. But um, if you want to talk to people about something right now, it seems like Tiger King is the thing. <laughs> it is. Okay. <laughs> so so then what about um, uh, Nailed It? Um, this is a show that's been hugely popular on Netflix. Tell our audience yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't that. know what this is. Okay. I love Nailed It. It's like my favorite show on television. Cool. So it's a Netflix show. Um, it's kind of a, like one of these competitive baking shows, oh, except. Yeah? That it's based on this meme, so this is going to sound crazy, but just hear me out. It's based on a meme where people try to recreate professional cakes, and then it goes horribly awry, and then the meme says, nailed it. So they made this into a show where three amateur bakers um, are asked to recreate absurdly complicated cakes in a not very long period of time and then they compete for actual prizes and then there's like um there's three judges there's a comedian nicole byer who is kind of the host and then jacques torres who's like the famous french pastry chef and then there's a guest judge and they all have to go eat it and they all try to say nice things about it it's just very funny and light and silly and it's family friendly too oh that's so i yeah, they just dropped their fourth season, but there's already three other seasons plus two holiday seasons on Netflix. Um, it's pretty much the best thing you could be watching right now. I have Yay. to watch that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Oh, I'm Super very fun. excited. Okay. Love it too. So listen, you, you said this is almost nothing. Great. From it, but it's just Excellent. I'm learning enough in all the other spheres of my life. I can take That's some fine. time off. So this is already <laughs> season three then. This is actually season four that dropped oh, yesterday. Um, so they've much. done three, and then they've done two seasons of um, holiday specials. And they also have nailed it in a couple different countries that you can watch. So if you get really into it, you can watch like Nailed It Mexico or Nailed It France or Nailed It Germany, all of which are very funny as well. They have very different um, ways of making the same kind of humor. So the French version, um, the name of it translates to, it's a cake. <laughs> That's what they say when they bring out the cake. <laughs> That's good. It's pretty great. Okay, so Alyssa, you brought something up, which is interesting, because, you know, like in all families, there is family viewing time, and then the kids go to bed, and then, you know, there's adult viewing time. So um, can you give us maybe like a, another family film, and then we'll sort of go into some other things, too? Sure. I mean, 
so I don't have kids, but I do pay attention to what kinds of films um, would be interesting. And I have nieces and nephews um, who, you know, watch all kinds of things. I think the film that I keep recommending to people for family watching right now, which I might have recommended before on the show, but is um, Queen of Cotway, which was a Disney movie, um, a live, you know, live action story um, about a girl uh, it's a true story, a girl who um, is, was growing up in a slum outside of um, Kampala, Uganda, and she, um, through a missionary, who in the movie is played by David Ayelowo, who played Martin Luther King in Selma, and he's, he's a Hollywood actor, um, he taught her how to play chess, and she right now is like one of the best um, young chess players in the world. And it's the story of that experience. Her mother is played by Lupita Nyong'o, who, you know, is an Oscar winner. And um, it's sort of like a sports movie, um, even though it's chess. But it's also just a really lovely family film about, you know, overcoming odds and sticking with something and also about, like, loving in the place that you're from. It's all, almost entirely um, African cast. It's in English. Um and, you know, it's it's exciting. It has all the things you want from a great sports movie where you don't know if she's going to win, all of those kinds of things. It's a really great movie. Excellent. But it's about chess. It's about chess. Yeah. So chess as a sport. That's really cool. That's really interesting. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk about some uh, uh, films that, you know, maybe we would like, uh, you know, as older viewers. You, you talked about uh, at your uh, on your Twitter page about a film called The Death of Stalin. Yes. So That's this in my queue. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. So the the creator is the guy who made um, Veep, Armando oh. Iannucci. Um, it's it's not quite so it's a comedy, but it's a little drier maybe than Veep. And I like to just tell people that so they know what to expect going in. Um, it's in English, which is kind of a joke uh, because it's about uh, well, it's in the title. It's about when <laughs> Joseph Stalin <laughs> dies and all of his advisors, who are played by people like. Buscemi and Jeffrey Tambor, they're all vying to be the next leader of the Soviet Union. And it's a really great, funny, also kind of, you know, piercingly witty, um, uh, I would say, like, satirical film about the lengths that people will go to um, in order to ingratiate themselves to power and to get close to power and maybe seize power for themselves. It came out, I think, two years ago, something like that. Um, and I think it never got the attention it deserved. Uh, but it's totally, totally worth watching. It's on most of the um, major digital rental services, so you can get it for about three bucks on like iTunes or Amazon or cool. things like that. And it should be on Netflix later this month. The Death of Stalin. Okay, so uh, talking about things that you have to pay for, I, I think that you wrote about this or talked about this on your feed that um, when Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life uh, came up on um, you know, streaming services, a lot of people got together and did um, you know viewing parties from different mm-hmm, places. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is not an easy film to watch. I mean, it's um, it requires a little effort to sort of work through it, but but tell our audience about this because it's a it's a fabulous film. Yeah, so Hidden Life came out uh, last year. It, it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. It's a you know it's a pretty important film. I would say it's about a man who um, who it's a true story. Uh, he li- was living a very pastoral life, an Austrian farmer, um, with his wife and his daughters in Austria um, when you know Hitler rose to power and. Um, men were being drafted to serve the Third Reich, and part of the condition is that they have to swear an oath of loyalty to Hitler, and he refused, and he was executed for that. And so the movie is a very um, lyrical and kind of poetic look at that kind of moral clarity. Um, and 
the kind of life that he was giving up. This is the guy who directed Tree of Life, which mm-hmm. is a movie that a lot of people have seen. So it has this kind of nature, um, poetic, pastoral um, vibe to it, I would say. But it's it's a really, really Christian film. You know, it's really about what, how far would you go to stand up for your beliefs, even if you might never be celebrated for it, even if nobody might ever know your name. And I think it's a really important one for us to be watching today. Um, because it really challenges, I think, a lot of the ways that we think about what it is to be effective in our faith. Fabulous. So what if you did the right thing and nobody ever knew about it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's almost three hours long, so you might have to break it up into a few pieces yeah. if you're trying to watch it that's at good. home. So it's a hidden life uh, that's highly recommended. Okay, so uh, Alyssa, because you're joining us on a Christian radio station, I think it's only fair that we sort of delve into the, uh, the Christian film catalog, for better or worse. You've written recently about uh, the 2014 film God's Not Dead. Tell us about that. Mm. Well, so this just hit Netflix. So um, if you haven't seen it, now now you can. Um, you know, this was a huge, hugely popular movie. It was made for $2 million. It made about $60 million at the box office. There were sequels that came after it. Um, it kind of launched Pure Flix as a company. It wow. basically gave them funding. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot to admire about it. It looks like a kind of a mid-budget Hollywood melodrama and it acts kind of like a sports movie it's sort of based on that internet meme story about a college student who challenges his professor who says that you know if that god is dead and he challenges his professor and this is a story that's been floating around the internet for a long time um i have some issues with the film um mostly because i think that it uh actually kind of demonizes the people that it's supposed to be reaching and it is uh that troubles me and i also think there are a lot of attitudes in it that are more about our team winning than about anything, you know, that Christianity is about, which is about loving your neighbor and sacrificing yourself for them and all those um, things that, you know, we we believe and that we live by. But I do think that it's a great opportunity at this point for people to watch it and think about, you know, you can be inspired by it, all of those things, and then also think critically about it and what kind of a story is it is it really telling about things like loving our neighbor and sacrificing ourselves for them. So there's a lot of a lot of things going on in that film. <laughs> That's good. So if you just joined us, we're speaking with Alyssa Wilkinson. She's a film critic at Vox, Vox.com. But uh, check out Alyssa if you're on Twitter, A-L-I-S-S-A, Alyssa Wilkinson on Twitter. Okay, Alyssa, uh, just a few minutes left. I mean, is anything that's, you know, really important that uh, we need to watch that uh, you can tell us about? Oh, goodness. There's so much out there right there? now. Good. I would say one one movie I would recommend to everyone to watch is um, a documentary that just came to Netflix last week called Crip Camp. Um, and it's about this camp, uh, upstate New York in the 70s, that was for disabled uh, teenagers. And the movie shows how at the camp they were able to catch a vision for what a world in which they were included would look like. And then they became activists who actually helped pass some of the landmark disability legislation in the U.S. so that, you know, people with disabilities are able to go places and get jobs and not be discriminated against for housing and things like that. So um, it's a really great, inspiring documentary. It's full of, you know, fun uh, archival footage. It opened the Sundance Film Festival and it won the Audience Award there this year. So so it's well worth watching. It, It just started streaming on Netflix. Excellent. Crip Camp. Hey, listen, Alyssa, before you leave us, uh, you got to talk about what's happening in New York City. I mean, it's so weird. Uh, Are the streets pretty much empty or or are people, you know, out wandering around a little bit? 
Yeah, well, I haven't been out of my neighborhood in a few weeks. Um, in my neighborhood, you know, I live near a park. I go out every day to walk out there. People are walking their dogs and, Good. you know, hanging out with their kids and riding their bikes. Everyone's being very careful to stay okay. far apart from one Good. another um, as much as possible. And, you know, we have we have food in the grocery stores. <laughs> I think, um, you know, it might be different depending on what neighborhood you're in. But the biggest thing for us is just that there's, you know, the restaurants are closed. Right. and. There's not a lot of places that are open. We're all a little worried that they'll not come back. So, um, you know, and also, of course, everyone found it very jarring to see tents going up for a hospital in Central Park. That's an image you don't really forget. So, um, yeah, I mean, what what they say is happening is definitely happening. But we're also a city that's used to a lot of tragedy and, um, you know, difficult things. And people really do pull together. So what about the, uh, the the street vibe? I mean, are, are people, um, you know, New York's got a certain attitude about itself. Is it still there? Or are people becoming empathetic? Um, well, New York is actually, I would, I would challenge uh, most people and say that it's one of the friendliest towns I've ever been in. If you have a problem, you know, people will leave you alone unless you need something, and then they're going to jump to your aid as soon as they can. So I was, you know, looking at my uh, the Facebook group for my neighborhood and people were offering to help strangers who are old or sick to get, get, get their groceries or, you know, Oh, can I walk your dog for you? All those kinds of things. That's the kind of place that this always is. So it's good to see it coming out. That's good. Good. Well, Well, listen, we're we're praying for you and everybody in New York. Thank you. Yeah, we need it for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy yourself. Too bad you can't go to the movie theater, but um, at least there's Netflix and prime and everything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got more to watch than I can handle. <laughs> Something better than Tiger King. <laughs> Alyssa Wilkinson, seriously, uh, Vox.com, where she's the film critic, on Twitter as well. Always an interesting read. Uh, she uh, writes uh, just about every day. Uh, check her out. Alyssa Wilkinson. Don't you love that feeling when you just nailed your look? When someone you barely even know comes up to you and says, Oh, I love that outfit. Where did you get it? That's how it feels to use Stitch Fix. They're a personal styling service. Tell them what you love, and they send great clothes for you to try on at home. Stitch Fix is simple. Sign up in just a few minutes. Tell them about the brands you love and the looks that make you feel great. Stitch Fix is convenient. Get everything delivered right to you. So you can try on new styles in the comfort of your own home. Stitch Fix is on your terms and priced to fit your budget. There's no subscription required, ever. Keep what you want and send back anything you don't. So, isn't it time you started nailing your look? Get started today at stitchfix.com. Stitch Fix, personal styling for women, men, and kids. Stitch Fix, personal styling for everybody. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. She used to play hide-and-seek in your backyard. Now, she's getting married in it. So when you see a bare spot... You need something that patches it fast. Pennington One-Step Complete has a revolutionary formula that repairs bare spots in only two weeks or less. Pennington has been trusted since 1945, and now it works even faster. One-Step Complete from Pennington. Honest Green. 
Get your lawn ready for any occasion. Head to your local retailer to pick up One Step Complete. For over 20 years, Trinity Jewelers has helped us celebrate life's closest relationships. And while their store may be closed for now, they think it's worth remembering that in times like these, it's those relationships that keep us going. They remind us that this too will pass and to put our focus on the things that really matter. Our family, our friends, and a savior who will never leave us nor forsake us. We're going to get through this together. The entire staff at Trinity Jewelers is looking forward to seeing you soon. With all that is going on today regarding the coronavirus, City Mission needs you now more than ever. City Mission has taken precautions to protect its vulnerable resident population. You can help. Any donations you believe will help during this time are greatly appreciated to continue to serve both City Mission residents and our community and keep City Mission doors open. For all the details, please visit citymission.org and please join City Mission in prayer to get through these challenging times. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll have mainly clear skies for tonight, low for the rest of your Thursday, 33. Friday, mostly sunny, a beautiful day, the high 55. Friday night, mainly clear, low 36. For Saturday, nice with sunshine and clouds, high 60. Sunday, clouds and sunshine with a shower in the afternoon hours with a high 61. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Robert. It feels like it. <laughs> oh, it's the good news, bad news section of the ride home when it comes to the coronavirus. John, what do you want to hear first, good news or bad news? Um, I'll take the good news, please. Will you? Yes. All right. Uh, good news is promising research by a pit researcher looking into the MERS coronavirus nearly 20 years ago and the SARS coronavirus six years ago has led to a potential COVID-19 vaccine that has shown early promise in tests on mice, Excellent. according to a scientific paper posted today. Very good. This is a PG article by Sean Hamill in uh, the Post-Gazette. I said a PG article by yeah. Sean Hamill. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say Post-Gazette. Um, let me read you a couple of things I think are important to okay, know about thanks. this. I watched the whole press conference with the three physicians and the spokesperson for UPMC. I'm very grateful that they did it, but I think that um, a little background is important so that people can kind of adjust their expectations. Um, they're very early in this process. This is not a working vaccine. Uh, they're not even close to that point. <coughs> Uh, the vaccine work, though, is based on the research by Dr. Andrea Gambato, an associate professor of surgery at Pitt, who has spent his career developing vaccines, most importantly his work on MERS and SARS, both. Um, he's teamed up with another Pitt researcher, Louis Falo, in the School of Dermatology, um, and another physician who I think will show up later in the article. Um, anyway, the the um, mode of transmission um I don't know if that's the correct word because I'm not a physician. Um, for the vaccine are micro needles, mm. which um, are kind of applied to the skin like a band aid. The needles would dissolve into the skin, and that would uh, produce a high immune response in the patient. Um, like I said, though, this has not even begun to be tested. Sure. This in mice, is a, it's proven this, to be successful. Right, it's in a very, it actually hasn't been successful in mice. It's just produced, as I understand it, the right 
antibody response to cause them to think that there is a future there. There are 44 other COVID-19 vaccine projects going on around the world right now. Wow. 44. 44, Including another effort at Pitt with an international team using a different method, uh, Pitt said in his press release today. But this research... um, uh, is the first to appear in a peer-reviewed article, which is significant. Sure is. Um, however, uh, the researchers wrote, it is still early to predict whether humans immunized with these vaccines will have a similar response than the mice did. So they are applying for an investigational new drug approval from the U.S. FDA, and they hope to start phase one of a human clinical trial in just a few months to first test the safety of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Now, testing in patients were typically, and hopefully you've heard this, would take at least a year. And probably longer. Now, they're trying to fast track everything that they possibly can at this point, but they don't want to put a vaccine out there that's going to endanger anybody. Sure. Um, so three cheers for these physicians who are doing such significant work and all the other researchers who are working so hard around the world. Uh, Godspeed to you and your research. Fabulous. That's some really excellent oh, wait, news. Let me tell you something else weird. Yeah. Carnegie Mellon University researchers are working on a system to detect signs of COVID-19 using a voice recording. What? Mm-hmm. PG Today, Lauren Rosenblatt, she writes this. Um, the voice recording would assess a couple of coughs, some vowel sounds, and the alphabet. Really? The voice detector, which is still in the beginning stages of research, works by running a recording through an algorithm to look for signatures of COVID-19 or distinct changes in voice and breathing patterns that could indicate the new coronavirus. Hmm. But it is still experimental. The lead researcher, Rita Singh, a professor in CMU School of Computer Science, says it's not a medically concrete conclusion. What it's giving you is how well you compare against the voices of COVID-19 patients that they've already received. So they're not doing a medical, they're not pronouncing a medical diagnosis. I see. They're just saying we're, we're gathering all this data of people and their, and the sounds that they're making, and you can put your <clears throat> the sounds you're making up against theirs. No kidding. Oh, that's so cool. So you're saying A, B, C, D, E, F, G, then all of a sudden you may have coronavirus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going it, okay. so to some- take a while. Some good news. That's good news. And some weird news. All right. Right. Okay. Well, Here's some bad news. Okay. Kennywood's open. No, it's not. Kennywood, Sandcastle, Idlewild Park have all delayed, no surprise, the opening of their season. was supposed to happen May 2nd. Yeah. Kennywood's going to be open. But um, they said indefinitely. Um, who knows how that's going to work, right? I mean, they're talking maybe June, July, mm-hmm. until life gets some semblance of normalcy. It's anybody's guess. But no yeah. Kennywood anytime soon. Yeah, okay. Not a shock, but no. still sad. Mm-hmm. Two other things that made me sad today. Two major figures in the world of jazz passed away as a result of the coronavirus. Bucky Pizzarelli, uh, who was a jazz guitarist who was on The Tonight Show for many years with Johnny Carson, uh, became a mainstay of the New York City jazz scene. He's the dad of John Pizzarelli. They recorded a lot of albums together. They appeared a lot in New York together. Um, I especially like the work they did with Jessica Malaski, who's John's wife. It was a a great trio. I understand that uh, Bucky Pizzarelli's other son, Martin, a bassist who I'm not familiar with, um, was also a part of some of the things they did. I, I really enjoyed Bucky. He he played for Frank Sinatra. He played for Sarah Vaughn. He played on Benny King's Stand By Me. He played on stuff with Dion and the Belmonts. Wow. Um, the coolest thing I read about Bucky in his excellent New York Times obituary today was that when Johnny Carson moved The Tonight Show to California from New York in 1972, Bucky had been playing with him for a long time. But he decided to leave the gig 
and stay behind. I can't go. I can't go Why? to L.A. He explained at the time he didn't want to uproot his four school-aged children from their home in Upper Saddle River, New Jersey. Wow. So he gave up that so that he could I'm be sure a good dad. I'm sure that was dad. a very handsome income. I'm sure right? it was. And Upper Saddle River, New Jersey is where he passed away. Bucky Pizzarelli was 94 years old. Also, this one really hurt. Ellis Marsalis, the father of Winton oh, sure. and Branford and Jason and Delfeo, passed away at age 85 in New Orleans as a result of the coronavirus as well. He was an absolute legend in jazz piano. Um, we've often said, as wonderful as his kids are, my husband and I have always said that Ellis was our favorite. No kidding. He was a he's sacked player, but he, I only knew him from playing the piano. He was a fabulous teacher, um, in addition to being a performer in New Orleans. Most famously, he taught Harry Connick Holy as smokes. a kid and um, as a young adult. And he was just an absolutely terrific, uh, terrific performer. Listen to this. His son, Branford, said, quote, my dad was a giant of a musician and teacher, but an even greater father. Wow, he poured cool. everything he had into making us the best we could be. Uh, the National Endowment for the Arts in 2011 named Ellis Marsalis and all of his musician sons jazz masters. Hmm. It is considered the highest honor for an American jazz musician and until then had only been awarded on an individual basis. Holy smokes. Well, that's the, the early first wave of uh, COVID yeah. deaths that are going to come our way. Yeah, and I'm two sure major losses in the music world. So if you uh, have some time tonight, check out Bucky Pizzarelli and Ellis Marsalis. You will be treated to some absolutely beautiful music. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, good news, bad news. Um, people are headed to their basements or to their spare room to ignite their hobbies. We'll talk about that next. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. How can we turn our problems into possibilities? The Bible Christian sees an opportunity in every difficulty. And we're going to see today that difficulties are just opportunities in reverse if we see them through the eyes of God. Join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, That Old Time Religion, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. In business today, being ready is more challenging than ever. As you work to keep your doors open and employees and customers protected, Cintas is here to help. Our trucks can deliver essential supplies like soap, microfiber towels, disposable gloves, paper towels, toilet tissue, and safety glasses. We can even sanitize your restrooms. We'll serve you with the speed and dedication you need. Learn how Cintas can help your business stay ready 
at Cintas.com. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at SurroundPittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Remember the rise of hobbies? I mean, after World War II, right, America settled down. And I think a lot of people, you know, found something to do with their new free time. It mm-hmm. you know, became a, a social thing to have a hobby. Uh, when we were kids... My dad and I collected coins together. That was like our, our thing. Okay. Later on, um, I had a dark room. That was my hobby as a kid, photography. Mm-hmm. Did you have hobbies as a kid? I always took pictures, but reading was my big hobby as a kid. Okay. What about people who are woodworkers, right? I love woodworkers. Yeah. I, I love upholsterers and woodworkers very much. Upholstery is a hobby. Mm-hmm. How do you start that? I bet a YouTube video would be your uh, really? good foundational space, but it is, it's one of those things that has almost disappeared. So for people like me who work in interior design or architecture or something like that, we hold on to our upholsterers like they are mm. like blood relatives. Of course. right? How many upholsterers are in the Pittsburgh area? Probably not that many. Uh, I, I bet there aren't more than 20. I bet. Okay, so upholstering. My wife's mother uh, would do that. She would venture into that. I bet you my wife could do that if she set her mind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at a, an article at um, review.com, and it's the 15 most popular hobbies to start during the uh, pandemic crisis. The first one they talk about watching TV shows and movies. Well, that's, that's not, not a hobby. hobby. I mean, it's that's not, not a, a hobby. hobby. Forget that. Who's doing that as a the hobby? Next one. That's dumb. Working out. That's not a hobby. It's not a, right? It's a life skill, which okay. I haven't mastered. So the whole sweep of arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. Okay, that's a hobby. Yeah. But, I mean, that's like a really big category. It is. It's right? everything. It's everything from, like, making a wreath for your front door to making some little, like, right. bunny thing to put on your dining room table because it's Easter. Arts and crafts. Not that, that I'm recommending that. I would say arts and crafts is sort of the heart of Etsy. Wouldn't you say? People- yeah, art. Etsy can branch off into into almost fine art really? also. Really? Oh, yeah. Depending on what it is. Depending on who it is. Etsy is so gigantic. If you're not familiar with Etsy, it's a, a website and an app where people sell things that they've made. It is so wonderful. I buy things from Etsy whenever I possibly can because mm-hmm. I love to pay Support a person. Artists. Yeah. Pay a person who did a thing. Yeah. Do you ever make, um, you ever make uh, those potholders? Oh, you mean those ones on the little, yeah, yeah. the little with the, where you stretch the thing? And That's then about you the extent the, of my arts and crafts. Yeah, it's not very, it's not very hard. But I mean, good for you for doing it. I mean, you know, it's kind of fun, right? Okay, sure. You know, hold up a pot. We we have potholders that like our kids made, like whenever they were six. Mm-hmm. We still use them. 
Good. You know, you kind of go, here's a potholder. <laughs> you family man, you. <laughs> um, what other arts and crafts thing do you do? Like you said, making a wreath. Would you Would you do that? Are I mean, you, are you arts and crafty? No, not I'm really all. not at all. I don't do that. How about painting? I like to paint, but not not paint a landscape. Mm-hmm. I like to paint rooms. Oh, but not like a you know. I mean, when I was a kid, I'm about that. you know, I remember going to like the store and buying paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. That's a hobby. That's a hobby, right? Mike Mike's painting oh, is a Mike hobby. Oh, Mike is a yeah. Mike's a painter, right? He's a hobbyist, right? Absolutely, I love it. <clears throat> what is your I main like... hobby? What would your main hobby be? Mine? Yeah, yours. Um, I would either say, well, you, you said working out isn't a hobby. No, it's not a hobby. But I was going to say ho- playing hockey, but um, oh, well, say, well, no, I, I that's think, a hobby. That's a hobby. I think that's yeah. a hobby. Yeah. But that's not like going to the gym, right? You're yeah. pl- like you're playing a team sport, right? But that's yeah, I'd say that's a hobby. Yeah. And would you put painting in there, Mike? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you uh, paint while you're playing hockey? <laughs> It'd be challenging. I mean, Bob Ross. Bob Ross could He'd maybe. Mike, yeah. He'd be stippling. It gets four checked. Look out, Bob. <laughs> uh, my main hobbies are photography, mm. I would say, and I would say photography and reading. I mean, interior design is something that I've I did as a job for a long time, yeah. and so now I do it just because I want my house to look decent. How about cooking? Would you consider cooking a hobby? No, I would consider it survival. Uh-huh. Baking? Baking I, would be a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Baking would be a hobby, mm-hmm. which is, a, is something I love to do but want to fit in my pants, mm-hmm. especially in this era. Somebody showed up today at the, the station, speaking of baking, with two cakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Have you guys gained weight during the uh, quarantine? I weighed myself today. Yeah? I've lost weight. How, you have lost weight in quarantine. That is impressive. Uh-huh. You know why? Why? I'm not drinking sugary drinks. Oh. I just stepped away. Okay, Mike. I've lost weight as well. Have I, you? Yeah, yeah. You? The way you eat? I have, yeah. I, I expect you to gain 20. <laughs> I'm annoyed with both of you. I'm up two pounds. What? You're up two I'm wow. up two pounds. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm not lost, happy about it. I lost five. Lost wow. five? Wow. I lost five. Because he's I, running. I was sick for a while, and then I yeah, finally right. got mm-hmm. better, and then now I'm running again. Okay. Okay, how about uh, the hobby of gardening? Right, this is going to save a lot of people's yes, lives. Yes, I can't. I cannot right? wait for that. I cannot well, wait to be doing that. This in weather's the got to break sooner yes, or later, right? I agree. It's a little chilly out there still. Mm-hmm. Do you? Oh, yeah, gardening. Yeah. Um, how about <laughs> the hobby of yoga? I would oh, say that's torture. Geez. Yeah, that's torture. I should do yoga. Yeah, no. I should do it too. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah, it's Mike. I think we should. Absolutely. Don't do it. Yeah. Why, why, why are you telling us not to do it? It's. No, no. It's good for you. It's healthy. You, it it wait, helps what, the body. No, wait, what, Mike, do you have experience with this? Have you done it and have injured yourself or I, become all right, compromised so, in some way? <laughs> now that you brought it up, yeah, I have injured myself. Mm. So I tried the, the P90X for like a month. That's not yoga. No, there's a there's, there's a yoga, yoga element. To there's it, a right? yoga element, right. To right? And I crushed myself. And also, apparently, this is going to be good. Yoga, yeah. Is not spiritually beneficial. For oh the yeah, you, okay, if you, if you, this, if you right? take it to that level, I'm right, sure right, you're right, right about right, it. Right, 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 right. But if you're just doing like the stretching you're thing, just gonna I mean, stretch out. Yeah, it's the same thing. I'm not like you know doing like to are, the sun god or there's something. There's like certain movements that like I don't know, like activate or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get that. Yoga. I get that. Right. But considering that none of us are even doing it, however, we should probably I, stop with the criticism. Here's my yoga. Yeah. I'm doing the thumb. Right. Your thumb is in great shape. There you go. Is that Netflix? Give me another hobby. Video games. That's not a hobby. That's not a hobby. That's sure a character is. flaw. Um, uh, it's a character flaw. Here's here's someone's hobby. Meditation. Get out of here. My hobby's meditation. My hobby what, is meditating? No. 
Wait, so then a lot of Christians then have a good hobby because if you're praying, you're praying. It's right. not I meditation. Would not, I, I pray, but I would not say praying is a it's my hobby. hobby yeah. right? That's weird. It's my lifeline. What kind of list is this? All right. How about um, audio books? Audio books is like reading. It's not a hobby. We need to take a break, but I still don't think it's a hobby. I think it might be a hobby. What? Listening to an audio well, book is a hobby? Re- re- is reading a <laughs> hobby? It's not a hobby. Uh, I mean, no, I don't think it's a hobby. No. All of no. a sudden, it's like hard to figure out what one is and what yeah, isn't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense. Hello, friends. It's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. We are hoping you are all healthy and safe. Our family wanted to let you know that because our cows are requiring twice-a-day milking, the Spring House is still open for you to stop by for your farm fresher from our herd milk and hot out-of-the-oven breads and buns and meats and cheeses and cookies and anything that will make life happy and comfy and easier during these uncertain times. Our buffet is still full of family recipe lunches and suppers every day to take home to eat at your own family table. And our catering team even created a special take-and-bake meal, which you can check out online. We even ordered in extra toilet paper in case any of you are in a pinch. We've been so blessed this last week by customers thanking us for staying open and, best of all, telling us that they're praying for us. We just wanted to let you know that we are praying for all of you, too. Here's a big hug from all of us at the Springhouse to you. We love you. Are the impacts of the pandemic causing you worry? The long-term effects of COVID-19 are unknown, but the short-term effects for the stock market have already included record single-day and single-week losses. How is this health scare affecting your retirement savings? Call Kirk and Odick at Accurate Solutions Group. Kurt and his team have managed market fluctuations before. Schedule a phone or video consultation to create a plan designed to help reduce the risk of your retirement savings. From the latest health scares and other market events that could impact your savings, you likely have questions. Don't wait. Call or text for a conversation. Complimentary phone or video consultation, 412-515-0005. You don't know how the market is going to continue to react. You only know that you don't want your retirement savings to feel more effects from the pandemic or other volatile events. Get your retirement plan checkup today. Call Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-0005. Don't wait. Call or text 412-515-0005. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. When you think about sending your kids off to college, do you get nervous about what they'll be learning? Are you concerned that your faith perspective will be attacked or that your child won't be strong enough to withstand the challenge? Check out No Safe Spaces, a documentary that takes you on campus to see what higher education in America is like today. The more info you as a parent have, the better. After all, you're paying for it. You can watch No Safe Spaces on demand. Go to nosafespaces.com to find out how to watch this Dennis Prager film. nosafespaces.com Most of the time you have to choose convenience or value. Family Dollar is different. We're in your neighborhood, won't empty your wallet, and we've got the food, drinks, pet supplies, and household products you need. Stomp into Family Dollar today. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. With the coronavirus outbreak, it's critically important to wash your hands thoroughly, not touch your face, and practice social distancing. If you're a parent, it's also important to help your children cope with the stress and fear an event like this can bring. So remain calm, explain to your family all you're doing to protect them, and finally, slow down and enjoy your family's time together by having some fun. Remember, together we'll get through this. Okay, so hobbies. Um, Mike, we're talking during the break about... um, Toy trains, mm-hmm. right? yes. HO trains or you know the larger train. A lot of guys do that, right? Oh yeah, model trains. Yeah, absolutely. What yeah. about musical instruments? Oh, of I mean, course. I mean, instrument. that's like the ultimate right? hobby, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, somebody sitting down there playing the saxophone or the yeah, clarinet or sure. you know, the guitar. Yeah, 
Do you, sure. Who plays an instrument here? Oh, my, Kathy, you play the piano. Mm-hmm. Mike, what do you play? Play the drums. Mm-hmm. You play the drums. Mm-hmm. I'll play the kazoo. Okay. <laughs> Boy, okay. that's going to be a great ride home edition when oh, we all hit that. Me? I thought about bringing my kazoo in. I, I was looking uh, for something else, and I found my kazoo. Uh, you, you know how churches it. are doing online worship. Oh, Maybe yeah. the three of us could get something going tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm bringing my kazoo in. I don't want to. I'm see that. Play, I am so come excited. On. You want to play some kazoo? Yeah. What else? And Kath, why don't we bring a keyboard and you pl- you like jam on something? Oh, I would like and to Mike, jam. And Mike, you bring like I'm a, bring some bongos. Remember the guys? Remember uh, management used to come in with uh, the the, mm-hmm. the acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and the box, and they the would cajon. do that. Mm-hmm. We had to sit there. We had to sit. there. <laughs> that was old management. All right. So what about what about like bike riding? That's a hobby. Oh, that's a hobby. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's I'm, exercise. Right? I really want, but that's not working out. It's no, different. No, no. So you don't think working out's exercise, but bike riding is? Well, it's different because you know, yeah. Well, I get. I don't. Just know. do it's something. Complex. Have a hobby. Stay okay. healthy. Right. Love you guys. Have fun. We'll see you tomorrow. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.